You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the bear down chicago podcast i am your host ryan dangle i am joined by logan bradley patrick sheldon and brendan chagru unfortunately jack wright could not be here tonight uh he is a little bit under the weather uh but you know what during the summer during this off season we're probably all going to be cycling in and out just a little bit if you want to find logan on Twitter. You can go ahead and find him at Bear Down Bradley. Patrick Sheldon, you can read him on DeWitty City. He actually had a really good article with Shells. I'm hoping we get a chance to talk about at some point during this podcast. Uh, or you can find him at P underscore Shells. Brennan Chagru, you can read him on The Bears Wire. Or you can find him at Brennan Chagru on Twitter. That's S U G R U E. And folks, Man, I, I just, I know I say this, I'm excited about our guest, but I, I mean this seriously. And Joe, um, just, I, I have been a fan kind of from afar and, and I absolutely love what you guys are doing. So Joe Lewis from 79th and Hallis podcast, man, thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad y'all invited me. Folks, we couldn't be here without the amazing support of Jeff Cadwallader. Are you thinking about buying or selling a home in the Chicagoland area? If you are, there's one person and one person only. That's Jeff Cadwallader. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers. He's using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. And for Jeff, it's not about paying the highest price either. And we know, folks, with the cost of gas right now and everything else, we can use a couple extra dollars in your pocket. Contact Jeff at Geneva Jeff, or you can give him a call, 630-254-4734. Jeff Cadwallader at Properties, he is your guy. If you do talk to Jeff, let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast said hello. Hey, everyone. Is your hair important to you? Do you wake up at 4 a.m. like Jack Wright to make sure it's quaffed perfectly before work? If you do, your barbershop's probably important to you, which is why I recommend Sheridan's Barbershop. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers, and they're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. You can book your appointment online or by phone at your convenience. So visit Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right, so we're we're gonna get kick it off and just learn a little bit about Joe and the 79th and Hallis podcast because Joe, I feel like you guys have been around for like a long time in terms of Bears podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of them have popped up in the last couple of years, but I feel like you and your brother have been around for far longer than that. So, how did you guys start the 79th and Hallis podcast? Uh, I want to say it was was it during the John Fox era? I think so. Uh, but it was just a time when the Bears just, well, the Bears have always sucked. But this was a time when the Bears were really, it just it just sucked to watch. And it was doubting us, and we didn't really have a place to share it. And podcasts, of course, have been big for 
well over the past decade, but we wanted a chance to talk about it. So I want to say 2015, our brother knows better. We just say, hey, we'll start it and we'll just air our grievances. I think the first, yeah, it had to be John Fox because Jay Cutler was a QB. And we just vented just about how the Bears don't know how to run a modern offense. And sure, they have a great defense, but it's not really adding up to wins, which sounds like I'm talking about last season as well, <laughs> unfortunately. So me and my brother just say, you know, let's just put something out and just talk about the Bears the way we always talk about them. And yeah, it's been since 2015. I think so. 2015. And you got and you guys have like grown such a big following since then. And I think one of the things I really admire about you and your brother is that you've taken it a step further and you actually have access to Hallis Hall inside those press conferences, talking with players, coaches. And I think that's, like I said, it's admirable because like you guys aren't just talking about it. You're asking the questions and getting information. So when did you guys start going to Hallis Hall and what was that process like? And really what, what did it mean to you to kind of have that access? It was 2019, 2020. Um, our friends, Terrence and uh, Eugene, they were on the bigs uh, media. They had been looking for someone. I had been looking to get a house hall for years and I had applied, but they were like, no. <laughs> so I kept applying myself, but you pretty much have to have, before you can go independent and be in being there, at that point in time, you really had to be tied to some sort of media company that they knew. And so Terrence had called me, hit me up one day and was like, man, you know, we're looking for somebody to cover the Bears beat because they cover the Cubs, the Sox, um, the Bulls, the Sky. They were all over the place. It was stretched thin. It's hard for two people to cover every single Chicago sport. And I was like, I'd love to do it. So it was 2020 because it was a pandemic season. I covered it for them for the year and it wasn't the same because it wasn't fans there, but just being able to interact and actually talk to these players, see them daily or see them every Sunday and see them at practices was just great. And so from then we were able to be able to do it independently. And that's how Terrence and Eugene set it up for us. Joe, the first time you kind of stepped into Alice Hall, did you get wide eyed? I mean, do you see some of the players? I mean, cause you're obviously a fan. That's why you started the podcast in the first place. I mean, what was that like experience, you know, just seeing some of these players, that you have been a fan of, and now they're right in front of you. Oh, I was terrified. <laughs> I, was, I was straight up horrified. I, uh, it's funny because when I got there that first day, I didn't ask a single question. I was like sitting there just dumbstruck. I'm like, this freaking Khalil Mack. <laughs> I've seen this dude play. This is insane. And I didn't, I had plenty of questions, but they could not come out. And then one of the Bears PR said, you good, man? I'm like, not really. <laughs> and I, I took a step back and it probably took me several months to get rid of the fact that, oh, well, at that time, this is Matt Nagy walking to me. There goes Ryan Pace. This is pretty odd. And then seeing these people realize that they're just human beings, but still they're, they're celebrities. And it's hard not to, of course, be wide eyed, like you said. And no, I was I was scared at first. Definitely. It was it was definitely different from simply venting on a podcast about it. <laughs> So I know you've only been doing this at Hallis Hall, at least through Zoom or actually in person for a couple of years now. But what's been like the most memorable interaction you've had, whether it was a question you asked or player you met, maybe something off the record or whatever. But, you know, what was like what stuff stood out to you the most over the last couple of years? I was definitely talking to Justin Fields because <laughs> I asked him that infamous question of how was the speed of the game? And it was preseason. He was like, oh, it was, it was nothing. And I was like, ah. 
And when he said that, I was like, this is going to be taken bad. Like, <laughs> and I, was, I was like, maybe I shouldn't ask. I feel like I set him up. And I look on, my brother was watching ESPN. And it was Stephen A. Smith saying, Justin Fields says the speed of the game is slow. I was like, ah. I could hear my voice. And I was like, I set him up. And then once he got, he got like hit next, the next game. And uh, the pre, I don't know if it was the Bills. I think it was the Bills. And they're like, yeah, I don't think the game's fast anymore. And so I asked him a couple games into the season how he felt about it. I'm like, is the game, how does the game feel? He's like, I'm not going to answer that. And he was like, y'all set me up. And everybody started laughing. I was like, that was not my intention. And he was like, nah, nah, I know it's just, you know, everybody misconstrues it. So that was, oh, that's the funnest. I have not forgotten that. Uh, speaking of being around the players, just, you know, it's one thing to read all these articles and see what's coming out from OTAs. It's another thing to be there. Um, so just from, you know, your time being, being around the players and being at OTAs, has there been anything big to you that's kind of stood out? Justin Fields is still the biggest thing that starts him because he's more vocal. Last year, it's you know, so weird going into last year because they signed Andy Dalton. Before even the draft started, I was assuming this was Andy Dalton's season. And then out the blue, Justin Fields is still there at pick 11. They make the trade. And so it was his, his status with the Bears was sort of weird. He was never guaranteed the spot. And then he had the spot, then got injured, then Andy came. And it was just really off and on. Whereas in this, at least when that one OTA is because the next one was Tuesday, um, he was much more vocal, talking more. And he didn't really care if he – before, he seemed very calculated. I'm going to throw a nice pass here. He's wide open. I'm not going to try to thread it in between cornerbacks. It may get picked, but who cares in practice-wise. And now he just he just looks confident. It looks like he's back at Ohio State. Obviously, it's practice and it's OTAs. There are no pads at all. And this does not mean anything because if it's one thing as a Bears fan, I – I have done is be delusional and say, oh, he's coming out this season. This is a pro bowler, all pro. I'm not saying that at all. But one thing for sure is he looks good. Then the cornerbacks, Kyler Gordon is really a lot better than I thought he was. Literally in practice, it looks like he's not a rookie. He looks like a veteran that's played on the Bears for several years, been in the NFL for a long time. And seeing his presence on there, it because at first when the pick happened, I said I probably would have drafted a receiver. I can deal with, you know, you still have Jalen Johnson. You don't want, you won't have another lockdown cornerback. And of course, Bears fans remember last season of Kendall Vildor getting burned every play and it wasn't the greatest, but I, I feel like I could deal with that. It's 2022. I won the offense first, but after seeing Kyler Gordon, I'm not mad at the pick anymore. So those are the two really things in my, that one OTA last Tuesday that stood out to me. It's interesting. You mentioned, uh, you know, Justin Fields being more vocal. And I know he's mentioned it a couple of times in, in different pieces that he's been interviewed for and questions. I mean, do you think it's possible that at the end of the season, we look back and just have it knowing he's going to be the starter the entire season may have been like the most important offseason move they could have made for him? I think it definitely is the most important. It seems there's not like when I came into training camp last year, I thought to myself, okay, is Justin going to be able to earn a starting spot? Is he going to earn time? And Matt Nagy, uh, which his greatest <laughs> offense to me is just not answering questions. I hated that. And I get it, you know. And he would make really weird excuses, all this for game planning reasons. I was like, it doesn't really matter. Just tell us, is he going to get a chance or not? You know, I feel this to your advantage to tell us, well, he'll get a chance and then not say who gets it. But he never answered the question. And so we – Everybody, every single, you know, Bears media member that, you know, you know, Dan Weeder, Jason Leisure, they would ask, like, is he going to be able to start? Nagy would never answer. Mm -hmm. And then I tried. I'm like, if you're not going to you know, talk to these juggernauts, you're not going to talk to me. And I tried, still didn't answer. And so it was weird watching every single practice and wondering, what is any of this going to do if you're hell bent on not starting him? Whereas this year, 
everything's there's a plan, it seems. And it may be just the only plan we know so far, but at least the plan is Justin Fields is a starter. We're building the franchise around him, and then we'll see where it goes rather than, well, we got a great quarterback from Ohio State, but we also gave one guy $10 million. So that that was the that ambiguity was really – I'm glad it's not happening right now. Joe, I want to take it back to what you talked about with the corners and everything and Kyler Gordon really standing out. Something that stood out to me and just listening and watching the interviews and the press conferences was Jalen Johnson. And Jalen Johnson kind of, you know, gave some, he was very just straight to the point about, hey, just throw the rookies into the fire. And, you know, maybe some people kind of baiting him to see if uh, Coach Eberflus was giving more praise to the rookies. I mean, you know, first off, do you think like there's a chip on Jalen Johnson's shoulder after maybe the fact that like they drafted two secondary players and maybe him being a holdover? Like, do you think there was some maybe like chippiness from him uh, after OTAs during that press conference? If I hadn't talked to him before, I would say, but he literally has sounded the same since last year. He's very stoic and direct, and it kind of comes across as like he's challenging you, but that's literally how he talks. And so it's, it's for me, it's just a regular Jalen Johnson response. It's just he'll say, okay, what did you say? And he'll stare like into your soul, and he wants to get this, this uh, direct answer. What I've always liked about him is he tried to give the best answer that he can. But he's a very stoic and direct person. So, no, I didn't think it was chippiness. I think now he just sort of feels – I think it's less pressure off him because he knows he is that guy in the secondary, you know, at least with the cornerbacks. And he knows it's he's a leader within that group, especially with the rookie on the other side. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, uh, you kind of alluded to it a little bit. Matt Nagy is gone, thankfully. We're, we're all stoked about that. But the question becomes – Getsy, what's this offense going to look like? Have you seen a relationship that's kind of building with, with Justin Fields and Luke Getsy, or do you see, you know, I know you're saying that he looks more confident. He, he looks like he's back at Ohio state, but anything to that kind of relationship or that offense that we, that you've noticed. It's just him talking with the quarterbacks. And that's, that's like, that's such a low, a low ceiling, just a low bow, bow, um, tier to do it, but him actually talking. Whereas with, Last year, I felt that Nagy, I forgot who was the offensive coordinator, barely really focused on the quarterbacks. And it almost got to the point, like, if you go to a Bears practice, you know, the regular training camp, Cairo Santos and the punters are on a field far away, and they're doing their own thing. Special teams coach may come up and say something to them, but not that much. That's what it was last year with a good chunk of the quarterback room. Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Nick Foles kind of were on their own. You'll see a few assistant to the assistant coaches over there, but not – that many. Whereas with Getsy, I've seen him personally talking to Justin Fields and I've seen the quarterbacks interacting with one another. And of course the quarterback room last year was really different with that ambiguity, but now seeing them around each other, talking, laughing, sharing after, you know, after Justin, of course, you know, he's working on his throwing mechanics and seeing him, at least from my vantage point, um, what's the word? He was like miming how he should do it. And then mm-hmm. having response from that coach. And then in the press conference, Everyone is praising Getsy. Whereas if you didn't really hear it in that last year, of course, different situation. But seeing them praise him is uh, something new for sure. Yeah. Joe, you mentioned kind of like miming the different uh, I, going through the progressions and like, mm-hmm. you know, miming how he's dropping back. And I wish Jack was here because Jack was really I think he did a pretty good job detailing about like Justin Fields is like throwing motion and kind of, you know, setting his feet a little more. So you kind of notice it 
even in OTAs a little bit, and you actually might've been uh, the person that took the video, but you know, what have you noticed in like the changes with what Justin Fields is doing with how he's dropping back and throwing the ball? Like, is it noticeable where like the ball's like coming out a little bit better? It's faster. That's, that's the, really the biggest thing. He has a big wind up motion and he's yeah. had that since high school. And of course he never really, it never changed at Ohio state, but it's really different when, you're Ohio State. You're playing a team like Rutgers. I don't think I need to get the ball out fast. I can take my time and wind <laughs> up. It's different when the defenders are in your face within two seconds. It just seemed like he was trying to shorten his release and get the ball out as quick as he can. And it hurt him last year because he wasn't doing that. But having him now, and then, of course, you said setting feet. He has a bad habit. A lot of college players now have a bad habit of back foot throwing or just off balance throwing. It seems now he was trying to get his feet completely set and balanced and making an accurate throw. And those two, you saw it immediately. Uh, there was a, there was, I don't know who the t- tight end is now. He's wearing Jimmy Graham's old number and he was split in between. I want to say it was like a roving Kyle, uh, Kyler Gordon because the somebody had motioned. And when the tight end went up the scene, Justin zipped the ball out, but he he was very balanced. And I was like, that's a damn good throw. And I'm, normally he would probably throw it off the back foot, but he seemed just much more smooth with his motion. And that, that stuck out to me easily. And I think if he continues to work on it, it'll stand out just as much as it did in OTAs. So you and your brother um, obviously – have been working at 79th and Hallis and, and crafting everything you're doing there for the past seven years, earned your way to covering the NFL draft in Las Vegas this year. I mean, that's incredible. That's something that I think anyone who covers the bears, you know, strives to do. That's, that's super cool. Tell us what that experience was like having it be in Vegas, um, being around the players. Uh, how was that whole experience? Oh man, it makes me feel grateful. I didn't want to take it for granted and feel like, oh, you know, this is just I'm just around some players and it's just a draft. It's not a big deal. It was an it was an insane deal. Walk into the bathroom and Roger Goodell walked past me. I'm like, this is Roger Goodell, oh, man. And no one seemed shocked. And I'm just sitting there like terrified again. I'm like, this is this is a freaking commissioner. And when I'm walking in the bathroom, walking carefully, like that's Roger Goodell. No one, of course, was doing the same as I was, but I was freaking out. Um, I just felt grateful because once we got the okay from the NFL to cover it, we we're like, how will we get there? We could have paid for a plane ticket, but we didn't have the money at all. And so Scott was like, I'm going to start a GoFundMe. I'm like, we're going to get $25 and that's about <laughs> it. And then we're going to have to like beg our family and see how we can get there. And then Scott was like, I'm going to put it to GoFundMe. I'm like, all right. I wake up and it was 300. I said, what? And so to realize people are friends with us, enjoy our content we put out and wanted to see us go there. I'm never going to forget that. That is the one of the greatest experiences of my life. And then once again, being around these insanely huge human beings who are 10 years younger than me, I think is it's another thing. I'm like, this kid is like 20 years old. I'm 31. <laughs> uh, and seeing their lives being changed in an instant and then being able to just see the background of what goes into covering, you know, to making the NFL draft because they took Vegas to strip and blocked it off completely. And they were, I don't know how many people out there. It was hot. I'm glad I was not outside. But people who were that dedicated for their teams, a lot of Bears fans, I'm not doing that. But they were out there just supporting their teams. It's just, it was an incredible experience. I'm never going to forget that. And I look forward to doing it year after year. A few uh, journalists who have been doing it for like 30 years are like, eh, it's probably the last one I'm doing. It seemed like they were annoyed. I was like, this is great. This is this is free lodging for most of the day. And then you all are going to feed us and I get to watch the draft. I'm like, I'm not going to take that for granted. So it was humbling for sure. Just to follow up on that, what was the one thing that um, 
you noticed being live that you're like, oh man, I didn't know that that they do that or you don't see that on TV. Like what was the one thing that stood out to you that you saw live that maybe people that watch on TV don't get a chance to appreciate? It's probably two things. One is the journalists who I was around are huge fans of the teams they're covering. And when, when their teams will make the first pick, I was expecting to be Hutchinson from Michigan. And when he wasn't picked, there were just a score of journalists just going, <laughs> cursing. I'm like, man, I'm glad I don't feel bad because I'm a huge fan. I'm not going to act like I'm not. And none of them were acting like they weren't fans. Like, are you kidding me? And everyone complaining about their picks. And it's funny. It sounded the same as you see on TV where fans are going, what? And there's some, a few, quite a few of the picks I heard journalists say, who is that? So having them just react as, as much as, as we do, as fans do, was incredible. And then, you know, seeing a few of the players who are yet to be picked, you can see the nervousness on their face. They look terrified. I mean, I would be too. Your life is going to change that immensely. Um, there was a player, because there's, there's an area that's uh, not you know accessible to most journalists, but a few of the players had walked back, like toward the bathroom there. So you can, I can see one player just like rubbing his hand like a nervousness. And I'm like, this is a huge day. It, it, normally, you know, the NFL draft is just something I turn on the TV. I watch the first couple of rounds and call it a day. But for these, you know, young men, this is a life-changing event. And then more importantly, if you're like someone who went to Alabama, you might end up on the entire different side of the country, you know, by whoever picks you. And so that also goes into, you know, I have to move to this side of the country now. My family may have to move. And so seeing them and their emotion was just incredible. Yeah, it, it was it was indescribable for sure. So, Joe, I'm wondering, Patrick Sheldon has a, a non-Bears related question for you in just a second. But before he does, I'm wondering if there's any nuggets that you might be able to share with us. Maybe something that you noticed uh, so far in OTAs that maybe isn't being talked about. Or maybe just your experience at Hallis Hall. Just, just something that Bears fans just don't know because we haven't been there. Um, things I noticed is probably the same thing as the draft. Most of the journalists are just as big as fans as, you know, like we are. But a lot of them are jaded. <laughs> a lot of them have watched the Bears so long that they are pessimistic. And so, you're like, uh, I see some fans when interact, like with Dan Weeder. That's my guy. He's a really good dude. They're like, oh, Dan hates the Bears. No, he's just pessimistic. You're like, oh, here goes the Bears doing what they normally do, which is not doing anything. <laughs> and so, a lot of them I've just covered it. Like, Dan has been covering the Bears since I want to say 2000? I can't remember specifically, but he's seen so many errors come and go. He's seen so many players come and go. So, of course, he's going to be much more jaded than me. Like, 2000, I was 10. So, uh, uh, that's probably the biggest thing. And also, I've noticed is just there are, like, when I'm in the media room, there's still a lot of seats left. And I feel like it's still a, a good enough chance that there are more voices needed, younger, younger voices, because most of the journalists, they're not going anywhere. They're going to be there for a long time. But questions that need to be asked from like fans will, will uh, be in our uh, mentions, like ask them this. And we try to ask because I feel like there needs to be, I don't know which, how the Bears or any NFL team can do it, but fans are almost like shareholders of these teams. You pour in all of your time, you pay for these tickets. You're, I mean, especially if you're a season ticket holder and you're going to these games consistently and you're not getting the product that you hoped you would get. I wish there was a way for fans to be able to keep these teams honest. So that's really my biggest, you know, takeaway that I've had. 
So Joe, um, Ryan mentioned the, the non bears question. Um, we're a pretty tight knit group on this pod, but the one thing that, that really tears us apart and drives a wedge between us are our food takes. And, uh, <laughs> at the risk of picking at this scab again, uh, we're going to ask you a question that we've asked the last couple of guests and, uh, have asked each other, give us your top three Reese's rankings. Top three what? Your top three Reese's candies rankings. Oh, you're probably gonna be disappointed to know that I do not like Reese's. Ooh, oh, that's, that's, that's the list in itself. I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask Joe like when can you come back on the show and now I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Okay, <laughs> really all it. right, all right. So how about we do this then, Shells? I don't want to steal it from you, but what if we say your top three candy rankings? Yeah, three, two, and one. There you go. Does it have to be like chocolate only or peanut butter only? It can, can be go- anything you want. Okay. Three, two, and one. Okay. Well, number one would be Skittles. Number two would be Snickers. Number three, hmm, that would probably be Three Musketeers. Okay, it's really? a good list. It's a solid yeah. list. Every oh, time I think of Skittles, though, I, I I can't think of anything other than Marshawn Lynch. Just I don't oh, know about you yeah. guys, like, <laughs> just eating them like during the middle of a game. Like, how do you? I don't do know that? how he did that at all. <laughs> I would be tired after I did that. The, the amount that he eats. <laughs> Joe, I, I, I mean this sincerely. Please, uh, we hope that you'd be willing to come back at some point to the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this was an awesome conversation. For some crazy reason, if our listeners are not following you, how do they get after you? How do they get after your podcast? Just kind of run us through all of that. Well, you can follow me at Flo's Andolini. And if you're a Godfather fan, you know where Andolini comes from. Uh, A-N-D-O-L-I-N-I and Flows is F-L-O-W-S so Flows and Alini on Twitter uh, my brother is Barb B-A-R uh, Chair Scott B-R-B Barb Chair Scott you can follow 79th and Hallis at 79th and Hallis and then our company Barber Share Network you can follow that at Barber Share Net that is all our ads and then you can follow Pierce who is our, the third member of our trio at Cameron Santo on Twitter Cameron Santo so C-A-M-R-O-N-S-A-N-T-O Perfect. So Joe, real quick, I just, you know, before we let you go, I I just think it's so refreshing to not only have somebody like you and your brother be at Hallis Hall, but also just like, you know, and be like in the position you guys are in and earn everything you guys have. I just think it's really cool that you guys are kind of aware of how cool and how awesome, like, you know, what you're doing and just like the moment doesn't eclipse you or escape you or anything. So I just wanted to say, you know, not only thank you for coming on the pod, but like, thank you for being real about it because like so many people, people could be like, ah, it's no big deal, like whatever. But like, it's awesome to hear, hear like how excited you guys are at what you're doing and like that it's not lost on you. So I just wanted to say that. And thank you again for making yourself available this weekend. Man, it's, it's, you know, we've been, we're, I was, we're all Bears fans and we have watched them. I've watched them since a child, since almost birth. My father, my mother, my grandparents, all Bears fans. And then being able to watch the game, that's incredible. Like it, it, it is dope. There is no way to phrase it. It is incredible. Being able to see this time and time again, it's not going to be something that I'm going to say, oh, it's fine. I'm just going to the Bears game. No, no, this is incredible. This, it is the, I really, there's nothing more in life. Like I just got a degree and I was like, eh, but it didn't really compare to seeing Justin Fields for the first time. <laughs> seeing Justin Fields for the first time was crazy. Nice. Uh, and, you know, seeing, listening to the players, talking to them, those things, there is not many things in life that can compare to it. I'm sure when I have my first child, I'll tell my, my son or daughter, like, 
your birth was almost as good as seeing Justin Fields live. <laughs> so, Joe, Joe, before you go, I have to say, so I, I'm wearing a Justin Fields T-shirt right now. I was wearing this shirt when my daughter was born. And so the very, awesome. the very first picture that is taken of me holding my daughter, I am crying like a little kid yeah. and holding my daughter. And it says Justin Fields on it. So that is amazing. That yeah. That is I, I, I hope I'm really going to now I have to plan it. Now that I know my child's being born, I'm going to have just a rotating amount of Justin Field shirts. And hopefully whatever day he or she is born, I will have one on. That's amazing. Well, Joe, we, we wish you absolutely nothing but continued success. Thank you again, as Brendan said, on behalf of the podcast, but also on behalf of Bears fans. And uh, truly, thank you so much for being part of the show. I had fun, guys. Thank you all for having me. Joe is freaking awesome. Brendan, like bravo to you for bringing Joe on. I mean that sincerely, like been kind of watching them from afar and just kind of a fan of what they do. But Brendan, like I just, that was an awesome guest. Like I, you, and you hit the nail on the head. He is every Bears fan and especially every Bears fan who has a podcast, like what we all aspire to be. Like that was awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm just so impressed with what he and his brother have done. And like like we said, they've been in the space for a long time and a few few podcasts have. But I think it was probably in 2021 when I heard that, like he was asking questions. I was like, wait, that guy's on a podcast. He's at Alice Hall and he's doing videos at Soldier Field. And I just thought that was super, super cool. And I love interacting with him on Twitter. Like he's just got a ton of like fun and interesting thoughts and great bears takes, but man, he is just being able to interview him. That was a, that was a ton of fun. And I, I just love the whole aspect too, of being in front of like athletes and stuff like that. And you think asking those questions is very easy or it just seems easy. That's, that's really difficult. I've, I have the pleasure to be able to love, you know, work in sports in the past. And you, you, you have to be honest with yourself kind of about who you're around and what you're doing. And you do, there's a degree of it where you're just like, okay, I got to kind of act cool here and realize what I'm doing. And did like what Dangle said near the end of that interview there, it's, it's, it's refreshing to hear people be able to be like, yeah, I was kind of freaking out a little bit when I was around those people or in front of those people. And um, he obviously does a phenomenal job and it, it's something that uh, that is not easy. So again, it's, it's cool to hear somebody just be honest about it and be like, yeah, I'm a fan. And it, you know, it's, it's nerve wracking to be around those guys, but he certainly does a phenomenal job. When Jack and I got a chance to interview Gary Fensick, I think at the back of my mind, I kept just saying, don't say anything stupid. Don't say something stupid. Whatever you do, don't say something stupid. And thankfully, like we didn't. And I think part of it was the fact that, oh man, I got to be careful here. Gary didn't have his camera on for like almost the entire interview. And and so, you know, at the end, we're like, hey, would you turn on your camera? He's like, oh, I, I forgot that I didn't have it on. It was just like, Whew, like it might've been way worse. Cause you're like, you're looking at the man. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Again, I think like Adrian Peterson, uh, the bears, Adrian Peterson was the first time that I interviewed an actual former bears player that I was a big fan of. I clearly nervous. Like if you go back and listen to that podcast, I'm sure you, you can probably hear how nervous I was. Brendan, you've had a chance to interview quite a few former bears players. Um, did you ever get nervous throughout that process? Oh yeah. So I was my first interviewee or, he, yeah, because I was the interviewer, uh, was Earl Bennett back in 2019. And I was like, just panicking for like 48 hours before I didn't know what to do. And it got better because I, I interviewed a few other people. But when I realized I was interviewing Jim McMahon in person, that's when I got super, super scared. And I almost crapped myself. And when you're <laughs> sitting, 
And it's true. Like with, with what Joe was saying, when you're like asking these guys questions in person, I think versus zoom, it's a bit different. And for me, when I'm sitting across the table from Jim McMahon, who is not wearing his sunglasses, by the way, and is looking at you eye to eye (laughs) guys, scariest thing ever. All right. So gentlemen, let's talk a little bit. Sheldon, um, you, you know, everybody knows anyone that has listened to this, this podcast before knows Sheldon and I strongly disagree on the state of the bears and where things are kind of headed as of right now. Um, As as Joe is talking about it, Weeder being a pessimistic fan who loves the bears. That's me. Like I literally like I I'm smiling ear to ear and I'm pointing to myself like, I love this team, but I am insanely jaded by, by this team. And, and shells, he's got this guy kind of sunny disposition, which I just, I really, really love. You put out an article on DeWindy city. Um, and my friend, I absolutely loved, uh, start to finish. It was incredibly well-written. And of course you had some beautiful metaphors throughout the entire thing. I strongly disagree from basically every take that you had throughout the entire thing, but it was so well done. And, uh, you know, I just, I think I, I give you a couple different retweets on that one. Um, you know, which I think that that's our thing, right? Shells, we're going to disagree, but we're going to still be friends after all. Yeah. I, you know, can I just say it's remarkable to be referred to as having a sunny disposition about the bears because if you followed me for any length of time on Twitter, I was probably crapped on for being the most negative person on Bears Twitter during the Trubisky years. But I like to think that maybe I'm, I'm just kind of trying to be objective and impartial here. Um, but I yeah, I, you know, some people have like a, a morning devotional and other people wake up and try to convince Ryan Dangle that uh, he <laughs> should be optimistic on Justin Fields. And I probably fall into the latter category. Um so everything I do from here on out is to try to persuade you and you alone. And uh, I hope I'm starting to crack the surface a little bit. Uh, but if you didn't get a chance to read it, please go check it out at the Windy City. Um, you know, it's, it highlights some of the things we've talked about on this podcast before and some of the things that the Bears have done to help Justin Fields. It maybe isn't getting enough attention uh, or, or people are, are underappreciating just how significant some of the things they have done. Um, are going to to help Justin Fields. One of them I didn't mention, and we just mentioned it with Joe, is, I, I mean, gosh, guys, he mentioned it in the Bleacher Report article. He's mentioned it in the past when, when talking to reporters how much more he's at ease this year going into the season knowing he's the quarterback, he's the guy, it's yeah. his team. Um, I, I really do. I, I think we're going to look back. If Justin Fields has a successful season this year, we're going to look back and say that was the most important move that the Bears made this offseason was putting him in the driver's seat and saying, the keys are yours, my friend. Take this thing, you know, take this thing to town. I think I, I think I've been clear. I don't I'm not dogging Justin Fields. I'm dogging a god awful offensive line and a god awful wide receiving core minus Darnell Mooney. And so, you know, I, I, I hope he's the dude. I really, really, I'm again, for anyone, you, you can't see it, but I'm wearing my Justin Fields t-shirt. My Justin Fields Jersey is behind me. Yes. He's lying. He's not, he's lying. <laughs> he's, he's he, his shirt, shirt actually, his shirt just says, I hate Justin Fields. So I mean, Logan, I don't know why he decided I will to fly do that. out to Los Angeles, enjoy <laughs> some of your beautiful sunshine. And then I will find you and punch you. <laughs> his priorities are straight. I like that. I think one other thing that I want to highlight from that Bleacher Report article, and we're referencing the interview that Justin Fields did with Bleacher Report over the weekend. I thought it was a really good read, and it essentially does complement what Shells wrote in his piece earlier in the week. But 
Fields talks about not having like the big name wide receivers. And he's like, yeah, that, but that's okay. Because we have guys that buy in. We have guys that are putting in the work day in and day out. We have guys that like can work well in this system. And you kind of think about, okay, some of the big name wide receivers like Cooper cup, Devonte Adams, they weren't big name wide receivers until after a few years in the league, until their quarterbacks helped elevate them. I mean, Cooper cup was a decent player. He didn't explode until this past year. Devontae Adams, by the way, who developed under Luke Getze, wasn't really a great player for the first couple of seasons until he developed with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you got to think like the most important thing I feel like for this receiving core with Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, Bayless Jones Jr., Equinamia St. Brown, all those guys is that hopefully, and Justin Fields is telling us, these guys are buying into what they're doing and they're buying into the system. And that hopefully is going to we're going to have success there. And I think that's very important and it's not something that's being talked about enough. So I thought that was a really important highlight from what fields talked about with his receiving core. On the same sort of subject from that article, I had a takeaway from that similar quote from Justin Fields. And you guys can tell me, you know, what you think about this. So the quote was, we don't have an Odell or a Cooper cup on our team, but at the end of the day, I think if everybody is on their P's and Q's and we are on top of everything and not making mistakes, the players we have right now are good enough. For me, I, my just initial reaction to that was kind of feeling like Justin Fields is saying, if everybody's perfect and if everybody is kind of doing their job at all times, maybe referring to these skill position players, then we are good enough. I don't know. It just doesn't sound like the most ringing endorsement of those weapons. I'm not trying to start anything. I'm sure that's maybe not what he actually meant, but that's kind of the read that I get off that quote is that with what we have, if everybody's perfect and everybody's doing what they can do, then we're good enough as an offense. I don't know. That's kind of what I was thinking. You know, he he could have been, he could have been trying to send a message too in this whole setting the tone, being the leader. Like he called out in the article about him and Darnell Mooney, he said, nobody works harder uh, other than himself. And he said, we were in, in Hallis Hall till 1230 the night before practice going through plays. So he may be, you know, sending a clear message like, hey, you all need to make sure you're putting in just as much work as the rest of us. Um, but yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that read too. You know, maybe he's just trying to lay the groundwork to say, look, we, we can be good, but things have to fire on all cylinders for it to happen. I, I think uh, the point that I, you know, as going back and listening to last week's episode, you know, and, and hearing some people talk about it on Twitter, you know, I think Ryan Poles has done a lot with very limited resources. And in that part, I do give him credit. And I, I want to make that, you know, I love this team. I want them to win. I just don't see it happening. I just, who's going to be your right guard? Who's going to be your left tackle? Who's going to be your right tackle? They don't really know any of those things right now. And that's, you know, could it, could it all become like come together before uh, training camp? Probably not. Could it come together before preseason? Maybe. Could it come together before the regular season? I, I sure as hell hope so. Am I going to continue asking my own questions and answering them? Probably going to do that. Right. So, uh, you know, I just, I, I want this team to do well. It's just, I'm not so sure. So we talked a lot about Justin Fields. He's obviously been in the news and he's going to be in the news with the national media because it's all anybody ever wants to talk about with whether he has enough weapons or not. But one other interesting nugget that came out on Friday was uh, everyone's favorite beat writer, Jason Lockenfora, essentially saying that Robert Quinn 
wants a trade out of Chicago. He's demanding a trade and he thinks he's going to get dealt. He also said he thinks that Robert Quinn would fetch more than Von Miller in a trade with Von Miller last year with the Rams, which seems very outlandish, but Hey, I mean, okay. So my question to you guys is, I mean, I feel like I know the answer, but is there any validity to this? Do you guys think like Robert Quinn actually is demanding a trade at this point, or is this just lock and for doing lock and for things? Did, didn't he come out and say, basically, I don't want to be traded like shortly after the article came out? I think it was before the article, like a couple of weeks before. So is it, I mean, I guess it could be possible that in those two weeks, whatever, he might demand a trade, but it seems highly unlikely. I don't know that there are many people in any profession that would, would, that can be so wrong so often and still, you know, be employed. Uh, so I have no idea whether it's true or not. I'll just say that history is not on the side of it being accurate. If, if uh, his previous reports are any indication of that. I feel like every time, like I, I I'm reading like staff writers pick, you know, who's going to win. Every time Lock and Fora picks the Bears to win, we lose. And every single time he, you know, picks us to lose, like we've got a really good chance of winning a game. And I just, yeah, that that guy's terrible. Like I when when has he ever had a really good take? Maybe 15 years ago, maybe. A good take, an accurate one. I mean, it's like I, I don't know. I yeah, I got I gotta I give a shout out to I got to give a shout out to Monster the Tri-State too, because every time Jason Lockenfora makes a pick, he always draws a phallic symbol <laughs> next to his thing on Twitter every single time without fail. It, it's one of the it's one of the funniest like running bits he has on Twitter. And real quickly, I'll just throw this out to you guys: a little would you rather? If you had to depend on one national writer to save you with accurate information, are you picking Jason Lockenfora or Bob Nightingale? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> the collective oh was perfect i think i think nightingale every once he just does so many things to just step on himself i think every once in a while he'll run into something that's right i'm gonna go with bob nightingale but even saying those words makes me shudder i i think i'm gonna go with lock and fora only because i feel like even if nightingale has the story correct he'll probably tweet it out incorrectly I, I just feel dirty. Like this is okay. So everyone that, that knows Jack knows he hates Jay Cutler with like a burning passion. And so it's like asking him, who would you rather have for like a four hour dinner, Jay Cutler or Aaron Rodgers? And they just want to watch his head explode. I, can I, can I pass on this question? Sure. But I mean, I guess you're, you, you're going to die regardless. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I had a good run. I had a good run. So, uh, <laughs> I can't depend on either of you. I'll just take the sure option. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So, so gentlemen, obviously Jack is feeling under the weather. So uh, I I'm, I'm just stealing Jack's question. I hope you guys are okay with this. I want to know, we're going to pretend you are getting married. So for Logan, it would be for the first time for the rest of us, it would be time number two, but this time your wedding party can be three people and only three people. And they have to be famous individuals. So who are you going to pick for your wedding party? Your best man and the two guys standing next to it. I don't care. It doesn't matter. The, the, the three people that are standing up in your wedding for this one, I'm going to go Logan shells chagru and i will finish it up 
All right. Uh, I'll, I'll cheat a little bit just because, and this goes along with last week. I was not on the show. Um, I was out and you guys talk through top three favorite TV shows for me. Like I, I tweeted it out. Always sunny is, and always will be. It has crafted my humor, the way that I act as a human being for better or worse, everything. So kind of cheating, but I'm going Danny DeVito, which first of all, just Danny DeVito up beside me in a suit. Oh, that'd be, that's an amazing look. What a, what a, what a, what a visual. Um, and then that, also that best man speech would just be ridiculous. I would hope it would be amazing. Um, then I'll also go Rob McElhenney and Charlie day, both from always sunny. It's hard to Glenn Howerton and, uh, and D Reynolds from the show um, would also be fair choices, but those three guys for me, I mean, like when we're talking earlier in this episode about seeing like people in real life and how they're like, they look bigger. Those are, I don't think I'd be starstruck from many people, but anyone from all of sunny would just get me. So having those three up beside me would, would mean the world. Have you, okay. This is going way back and I'm sure you probably haven't because it, it's not a very good movie, but have you ever seen going the distance? Cause it has Charlie day, Jason Sudeikis, Justin Long, and Drew Barrymore in it. You're like, what? What a like, cast. Exactly. Jeez. And it's one of those movies, like, I know it's bad, but I love it so very much. So I'll be I'll be curious at some point if you're going to have to watch it and let me know what you okay. think. Okay. Okay, I'm in. All right, Chels. Okay, so uh, I'm going to date myself a little bit here with some of my picks, but I'll start off kind of somewhat fresh. And uh, I'm going to go Derek Jeter, number one. Uh, I think the gift bag would be phenomenal. Um, <laughs> so what do you, plus, what do you have to do to get that gift bag though? Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> just be a good friend. <laughs> just I, apparently just keep my mouth shut and uh, not disclose the uh, comings and goings of his, um, his visitors. Uh, plus I'm a Yankees fan. So I, I gotta have, I gotta have Jeter on there. Um, then I'm going to go Martin short. So I'm going to date myself a little bit. Uh, one of the funniest guys to me personally, um, his autobiography is hysterical. The guy caters his colonoscopy parties, um, him and, and Steve Martin and Tom <laughs> Hanks get together the night before the colonoscopy and they have it catered and the caterer just comes in and makes clear liquids and jellos and stuff. Uh, and they play poker all night and then go get their colonoscopies together. It's, uh, I think he'd be he'd be a blast. He'd probably run the bachelor party and uh, I wouldn't stop laughing. And then uh, third would be Tom Hanks. Um, the speech, uh, the best man speech, I think would be a tearjerker, but he'd bring some level of, of humor to it. And uh, he, you know, I mean, who's better than to make sure everything goes off without a hitch than Tom Hanks? Like who's saying no to that guy? Um you know, oh, you want your wedding here? Yeah, I'll, I'll take care of it. Or, you know, you want the best baker in Manhattan to make your cake? Yeah, I got, I know people. So nobody's saying no to Tom Hanks. You just get whatever you want. So uh, for a number of reasons, I got to have I got to have Tom Hanks on there. He's such a likable person. He's awesome. He's awesome. Like it, it, he has to have like 100 percent approval rating. Is there anybody that dislikes mm-hmm. Tom Hanks? Who Like how awful of a person must you be if you dislike Tom Hanks? The Westboro Baptist Church <laughs> came out to say exactly <laughs> didn't like it. Yeah. So yeah, that's just proving the point. Exactly, yep, you have to be an awful person to dislike Tom Hanks. <laughs> if you had real, Westboro real Baptist Church on your bingo card for today's podcast, who knew? You win. <laughs>
I'd be remiss to mention um, it. The White Sox just took a lead on the Yankees in the eighth inning. Um, just two two out RBI single by Andrew Vaughn. And just one other person on this podcast might care about that, but I don't know. Just wanted to say that. When are they hanging the we're above 500 banner? Is that tomorrow night? <laughs> you know what? No comment. How about you? Just get out of here, Sheldon. You can mute yourself about it. Hey, you're the one who brought it up first. <laughs> okay, stay out of it. Come on, Brendan. Get out of here. <laughs> Guys, we beat the Diamondbacks today. <laughs> hey, how the Cubs doing? Not, I mean, pretty much the same as the Sox, man. <laughs> Man, I really wanted to try and like split these guys up, but I don't think I can with how big of a Marvel fan I am. So I'm going to do Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. I love both of them. I think they just, they are like the life of the party too. Um, They have just a gazillion dollars at this point with all the Marvel money they made. So I probably would get a nice gift. And I, I think they'd just be a lot of fun to hang around. And then I think for, if you're talking about somebody to make a best man speech, Man, I, I got to also stick with my nerdum and uh, go with Mark Hamill. God, I love Mark Hamill. He is, he's so genuinely nice. He like plays into like the Luke Skywalker character. He, I feel like he'll do anything for anybody. So uh, like just to have him there, I think would be, would be a lot of fun. And he's somebody I, you know, I grew up with as Luke Skywalker getting into Star Wars when I was a kid and I still love him today. So those are my three, got three uh, picks. So Brendan, the Adam Scott moment when Mark Hamill comes out there, how freaking cool. Like he, he was all of us, like all of us giant star Wars nerds. Yeah. I, he literally teared up because so for those that don't know, I mean, I definitely recommend you watch the video Adam Scott's on, I think the Jimmy Kimmel show. And he's saying how like he, he wrote Mark Hamill a letter to uh, come visit his seventh birthday party. And then Mark Hamill surprises him at Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Scott was all of us where we would like, he was tearing up, like couldn't believe it. It was awesome. He gave him a lightsaber. Like that's every, every nerd kids dream growing up. It was amazing. All right. So my three, uh, Ryan Reynolds, I, again, you know, he's not Tom Hanks approval rating, but I think he's one of the funniest people that I, that I, that I know he's also ridiculously good looking. So there's a lot of, you know, like, you know, he can just, you got that. He's also, and this is something that not a lot of people know is he's a diehard motorcycle enthusiast. Um, and like, we like a lot of the same builders and stuff like that. So it would give me like a chance to kind of do that. Logan, this one goes out to you, Chris Martin, the lead singer from Coldplay. Yeah. What? Dude, you, just because you know, like, hey, he's gonna he's gonna sing a song for like for your first dance or something like that. Like, yeah. Then all of a sudden, your wife isn't your wife anymore. He, it's <laughs> she's his wife. Yeah, that's 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 probably legit. Yeah. And then <laughs> the last one is uh, one of my favorite comedians, Jim Jeffries. He is insanely crass. He is just like some of the things that he says are just off the wall insane but i just i know that he would make me laugh continually and it would just make everything uh just so much more fun if he was there chris martin i just i don't from know from the man. clouds from the clouds <laughs> i like cold play i don't care so make all the jokes you want i like cold play that's fine i mean cold play's fine i just think chris martin's just kind of boring <laughs> Do you, really well, wanna, do you really want to get into each other's list? Robert Downey Jr. Like, do we really? RDJ really is an icon at this point. You just don't like Marvel. That's not, that's, I, 
That's he does other stuff better. besides Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, we go back into that man's past. He's got a. We want to. Oh yeah, don't. We want to snow Brendan's no. wedding. No, pre post. <laughs> gonna be gonna be an Arctic one. Post two thousand five RDJ. A lot of skiing. A lot of. <laughs> ah, damn <slopes>. it! <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> gentlemen it is time to get out of here uh jack we missed you hopefully you're listening to this episode but we missed you a lot and hopefully he's back you're right i did want to ask him about the 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 quarterback questions the the throwing motion all that stuff jack has coached quarterbacks and and so i'm really uh very interested to get his thoughts on all of that so for shout outs let's go the exact same way we just went so we're gonna go logan sheldon Shagru, and i will finish it up shout outs boys um, my shout out is to Alyssa Barbieri. Um, obviously, I was not on last week, but I gave it a listen and holy cow, she um, she was a really fun listen. Knows her stuff, I think is, <clears throat> excuse me, I think a lot of us can be maybe a little too high at certain points, maybe a little bit too low. I feel like she approaches the team in a really straightforward, um, honest manner. And it was just awesome to listen to her. Um, I wish I would have been on the pod because uh, she was definitely, you know, fit in perfectly and knows her stuff. So really appreciated all that. And uh, so shout out to Alyssa. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go a few here. Um, Todd Welter from the Windy City. Uh He's at Todd J Dub. Everybody needs a hype man as awesome as Todd. He is. Um, he's a he's a good dude. He's a great follow, and uh, I just want to say thanks for your support, Todd. Uh, even though um, I think you're a White Sox fan, uh, I won't hold that against you. And then Jay Hansen uh, underscore op six. Um, Jay goes by Jeremy Hansen. Uh, just another guy that, uh, e- even non bears related stuff. I've enjoyed our, some of our interactions. So wanted to give him a, a special shout out. Um, and then, uh, shady rays, I'm going to shout out shady rays. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but you, if you have a broken or damaged pair of sunglasses, they will replace them. No questions asked. And they did that. And, uh, it was, it was painless. And within like, uh, 24 hours. I had a new pair in route to my house. Uh, they're awesome. So, uh, I'll shout out Shady Rays. All right. I just got a couple shout outs here. Shout out to B Shulks. He is, he's somebody who I will say, I don't agree with all of his takes. I think he's got, you know, some, some outlandish ones, but he also puts a lot of effort into his bears analysis and he's been nothing but kind to me. He's been a huge supporter and, you know, I appreciate going back and forth with him uh, with some friendly debates. So uh, shout out to him. And I mean, I I don't know if I can get everybody here, but uh, I'm just going to shout out the entire Irish Bears show crew. Uh, They're coming to Chicago. I I think that's awesome. Uh, I stole Ryan's shout out. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm really excited for them. Uh, They're coming out to the uh, Bears commanders game in October. And uh, I think it's just fantastic that all of them are going to be able to meet up in the, in Chicago and hopefully a number of us can see them. So I'm trying to get them out to the suburbs at least one day because, you know, not that close to the city, but uh, just shout out to everybody there. I I know that's a, you know, a really exciting thing they get to do. She grew. That's that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. They're getting a double shout outs then this week. Uh, my first one goes to Packers, Bob. I have made quite a few lists of Packers, Bob. And normally I just kind of laugh and just say, thanks. You know, uh, I think the first one was, you know, when Aaron Rodgers comes back or something along those lines. And 
One of the last ones was when the Bears lose to the Packers uh, on primetime, which my response was, of course, they're going to lose to the Packers in on primetime, Bob. So, but this one irked me just a little bit. Uh, the that fans, Bears fans, that will be the number one wide receiver on the Chicago Bears. The Packers can talk a lot of smack about a lot of different stuff, but the receiving core, that's not one of them. The Bears might not have a great wide receiver core right now, but the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> that is way worse. So good luck to you guys this season. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will make something out of it, but that is not a good receiving core. And I'm going to go by name. We've got Corey, Kieran, Noel, Tony, and especially Ant um, from the Irish Bear Show. Just so excited. And we've already started making plans, things we're going to be doing. And I can't wait to meet up with those guys. It's going to be an absolute blast. Folks, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate all of you listening, sharing, subscribing, doing all those wonderful things for Logan Bradley, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Jagru, and Jack Wright, even though he's not here. I'm Ryan Dangle. Folks, thank you so very much. And as always, Bear Down Chicago. Bear Down Chicago.